Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, I have a question for you. Does breaking free mean letting go? And sometimes one question shifts your entire life, which my guest here in the show had to experience and figure out because she was confronted by a question she just couldn't shake from her soul. And the question was, can one person change and make a difference if everything around her stays the same? And so my guest was locked in a painful cycle of hurt. She felt trapped by pain, negative emotions, and lies. Breaking free sounded hopeful, but was it even possible? And I know you listeners and watchers totally get that, because I get that. Because sometimes, even in my life, I have been trapped in a cycle of hurt and pain. I've acted out. I've done crazy things. I've shared that with you over the past year. And so I'm so grateful and thankful that my guest here, Kim Gowdy, is here to share about her story, relationships, and how she has broken free from that cycle of hurt. So, Kim, welcome to the show. Hi, Melinda. Thank you so much. It's just wonderful to be here. Awesome. Okay, so let's start with you. Let's hear about your story um, and walk us through because obviously a cycle of hurt means it didn't hurt for you. It hasn't just happened like once and then, but obviously it's happened over and over time and time again in your life. So, so let's start from the beginning. Okay. okay. Uh, from birth. Yes. And then kind of let's, let's just sort of like wander through in our conversation about you. And then uh, what I really want to learn from you is just how do we break from the cycle of hurt and are able to then live a life of, of essentially freedom, right? Which I know that that's your heartbeat, yes, right? So yeah, is. let's start about a little bit about you and, and sort of background about you. Okay, well, I uh, grew up going to church mm-hmm. and uh, I heard the gospel and I um, really, I had a relationship with God from a very young age. And then when I left university, I moved to Toronto and I looked for a job and I got a job as an investment associate. So I, uh, when I look back on the outside, I was I had this great career, I had um, a six-figure income, mm-hmm. and uh, a great social life. Yeah. But then on the inside, I just had this mountain of hurts and unresolved pain and wounds that I, I didn't even know that that was there. But when I look back, that's what I had, and so I. Um, there was a, I reached a point um, where I had just um, had a failed relationship. So in my 20s, I had three long-term relationships, and they— In um, your 20s? In my 20s. So when you made long-term by, like, like— Two, three years. Two, three years each? So you had yeah. one, and then another one, and then another one. Mm-hmm. At this one time—I say this a defining moment in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So this one time where I um, literally—it um, was it was— 17 years ago and it was a uh, it was around this time of year 
And I um, literally was outside my apartment building looking up in the night sky, and I, I cried out to God. And I just said, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. And do what? Like do? Like just the relationships. Do the relationships. So, okay. so this was like a third relationship that had failed. Literally, he drove away, and I'm outside my apartment building, and I'm looking up at the night sky. And are the relationships, did, did the guys break up with you, or did you break up with them? <clears throat> Um, it was both. Okay. And so it was, it was both. And in this particular case, it was, when I look back, it was a good thing that it did break up. That being said, it's, it's still hurtful, right? And it's still, it's like, do I have to go through this all over again? Mm -hmm. I I was in my early thirties and I really wanted to be married. (laughs) I had this. Like many women that I know and men, yeah. I had a plan that I'd be married by the time I was 26. And, you know, that was my plan, which obviously I had surpassed that. So it was, it was, it was overwhelming. And so when you say a plan, it means that, so here you are, you're in your twenties, you have these three different long-term relationships. Any one of them, did you want to marry them? Was that, were you trying to force it to marry these guys so that your plan of life would happen? Or what? what's the thinking with that? I think that for me, I didn't, it may have been that I wasn't, I would have liked to have married them. They weren't just, they weren't the right guys. Yeah. Sure. So if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, when I cried out to God, I just, you know, it's funny because I said to him, I said, and I'm outside my apartment building saying this out loud. So, and so I'm saying, you know, you, you know, you know what's going on. You know the plan. You know if there's someone out there for me. He may be just around the corner. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. And it was just there was a release inside of me when that happened. That I was just, I don't know, something changed. Something was different in me after I did that. When I just gave it all to God. Mm-hmm. And so then, it was. I, I say that it was my journey back to God at that point in time, because I felt like I had been holding him at arm's length. Okay, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. So connecting with you in the sense of, you know, women who, do you feel that you needed the relationship to feel more complete? Like, why three long-term relationships? I mean, that's a lot. It is. And I have found that in my own life, and being so authentic here, you know, men and relationships made me feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. They, you know, the attention of men, the quote-unquote security of men, mm-hmm. having relationships, and I've always had them. Like, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a woman who can never get a guy. It was always very easy for me to have a guy. Mm-hmm. And it was always scary for me to be alone. I, I didn't like being alone. I always needed somebody to be with me. And so I had a lot of relationships, short-term, long-term, like mm-hmm. you. Kim, what would you say for you? Why Why did you need long-term relationships? Why did you feel like you had to have this need of, because it sounds like you were like, one, broke up, Two mm-hmm. broke up three. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about that. What What was with you about needing those kinds of relationships? I'm sure that there was an unhealthy need there. In that it was, um, I always thought I would get married. I always thought I would have kids. So that was just kind of you know that those things that you think about from a very young age. Mm-hmm. I think probably the people that I was dating were potentially not a good fit for me. I was in a professional um, world. I was dating people who were professional as well. But I think that it was just not necessarily the right fit or the right timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what would what what I found is that, you know, it it 
you know, you either you're either going to get married or you're not going to get married, mm-hmm. and then that's sort of when things would end. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. No, no, I get it. I, I think it's just that for me, you know, women, young women you know, trying to be healthy as we mentor young women mm. that you don't need a guy mm-hmm. to to complete you in that sense. Mm. Like, I think that what's happened, and even within the church, we have always kind of pushed, like, you got to be in a relationship. Mm. And I don't think that's healthy. I mm. think the healthy part is helping young women and men say, listen, be healthy on your own. Yes. Figure out this relationship with Jesus within community. Mm. And then as you go about your life, the right person, if that's meant to be, mm-hmm. is going to become attracted to you and connect with you. Mm-hmm. My thing, too, is I want to encourage people that it's fine to be on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we have this thing about that everybody has to get married mm-hmm. and then everybody has to have kids. And it's like, and then when you don't do that or you mm-hmm. don't have kids or don't have a relationship, then you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we mm-hmm. need to be women that are encouraging young people to say, live this life. What are the passions and giftings God's given you? Go for it within the context of community. We're here to cheer you on. And if you find somebody that brings out the best in you and you can partner with, great. Mm-hmm. But if not, great. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that, you know, for you to be very honest about that you had this thing about having guys, it resonates with me because I did it, but it was for the wrong reason. And mm-hmm. I'm in the context of church. Mm-hmm. And I should say that when I share my story, I like to encourage people and inspire them. I also would like them to potentially learn from the mistakes that I've made. So one of the things I really value is being connected to community. And I wasn't. So I wasn't connected in church. I wasn't connected into a faith community in my 20s, here and there, but not consistent. So that would have benefited me a great deal, having that accountability and mentorship in that place. So I really encourage, would encourage people to be connected so that they, they do have that. Because yeah, I completely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think that as we look at, you know, as women who are now older, mm-hmm. or wait, more mature, mm-hmm. I think that my voice, I really want to be a voice of that to say, it's so important that when you get into a relationship that you don't isolate yourself as just the two. Mm-hmm. It's that it needs to be within the context of community Absolutely. for accountability, growth, help. And, and you know, I say this, you know, over the past while when I shared about going through a very difficult divorce, you know, we were in the context of, of community. But when I look back, I'm like, you know, I wasn't as honest about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the saddest parts of when our marriage broke up, so many people said to me, Mel, we had no idea. I wish we had known mm-hmm you know, what you're going through so we could have helped you. And so, you know, I think that as, you know, we talk about relationships and to encourage our listeners and watchers, it's, it's so important, like you've said, to be in community and have accountability as you go. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when we go into these like cyclical relationships, it's like we're needing to be fulfilled, we, you know, mm-hmm. for all the sometimes wrong reasons we get mm-hmm. into relationship. So you finished your last long-term relationship mm-hmm. in your 20s. You go outside of your apartment, and you're like, okay, God, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. And what happens? So as it turned out, the guy lived right around the corner. What, the uh, last breakup? After the last breakup. Okay. So when I said, God, you, mm-hmm. you know, he could be right around the corner. As it turned out, it was someone that lived right around the corner. And uh, my sweet husband, I call him. <laughs> and uh, so, and we got married two years later. 
Wow. So, okay. So it, it was someone who I knew, and as an acquaintance, it was. Uh, so you got married. Mm-hmm, got married. Oh, and that's an amazing because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "Wow, that's really quick." You get married, and yes. so now you're married, but mm-hmm. you've got all these past relationships and hurt. Mm-hmm. How is that impacting, and how is that? How did that impact your mm-hmm. marriage? Because when you don't deal with broken relationships through your life, it's going to catch up to mm-hmm. you. So exactly. talk to me a bit about mm-hmm. that. So, I I think when I when we started out. When we were first married, you know, the, you're married and you have things that you're doing, planning the marriage, then you're, you're getting married, you're finding a place to, that you live, you may be buying a house, d- doing all those things. Mm-hmm. So those things kind of keep you busy, right? Mm-hmm. And then for us, um, we really wanted to have children, and so thankfully we had two kids um, and two children, and uh, so then that kind of keeps you busy. But there's something happened right after our second child was born, mm-hmm where I was just like so, I was tired, and um, it had turned out that I found out that I had mono um, just mm-hmm. about six months after my son was born, so I was very tired. But then I was just also really overwhelmed. There were the, like these negative emotions that were coming to the surface that that weren't coming to the surface before. Like what negative um, emotions? So just feelings of, of anger mm-hmm. and sort of, um, anger would probably be in the most. And so just based on my personality and who, who I am, it's, it wasn't consistent, mm-hmm. right? So just these feelings of anger and bitterness and resentment were just coming to the surface. And I think in the past, they may have been there, and I just kind of stuffed them down. Stuffed them down. Okay. Yeah, just stuffed them down. Okay. But I was at the point where I say that my love tank was on empty, and I didn't know, and I really couldn't give what I didn't have. So I was just done, mm-hmm. right? I had my coping mechanisms of being a people pleaser and performance based living. They were just I was maxed out, and it just it was like they they just started to fail me. And uh, so I, I, was, I was praying to God, and I was saying, can you please give me some parenting wisdom? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I found myself at this parenting workshop conference, went with a friend, and uh, so there was a list of workshops that you could take, and there was one that I uh, saw that was there. I was hesitant to go to it. It was called Breaking the Cycle of Hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the workshop, and uh, I was with my friend, and she was uh, excited to be there, and I was sitting there going, oh, my goodness, do I really want to be here? And so the woman who was, um, she's a psychologist who was sharing about the, the topic. Her approach is very gentle and calming, and I just felt, like, drawn into her conversation and what she was sharing on this topic. And it was talking about our families of origin and how we can't live with them and we can't live without them mm-hmm. was, th- was the topic. And she went into talking about relationship styles and behavioral styles and how we behave in relationships, which was important for me Mm -hmm. to know. And then um, she talked about how our behavioral styles are actually established early in the first year of our lives. And so we learn ways to respond as early as in the first year. And so I thought about that, and I thought about my first year of my life, and then it just... And what was that? What was the first year of your life? So I, my parents met in a, at a Bible school, and uh, I was conceived outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so they got married shortly after I was born. 
And then for the first two years, I wasn't with my parents very much. So I was with caregivers, with my mom whenever she could be with me. She was going to school. And then, then my dad was building a, building a house, and then we moved into our house. Okay. So that was the first couple years of my life. And so it's the whole idea of attachment and being able to connect with your parents. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really have that. That's amazing, Kim. So you're saying that the first time, like first years of your life are really important as far as attachment to mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't think about that a lot when you're thinking about mm-hmm. what are the issues of my life as a grown adult. Mm-hmm. But that you're saying all the way back to the origins of birth and then attachment or, or, or not attachment to your parents makes a difference in how you, what, mm-hmm. in your relationships and in how, how you, you live? respond. So I'm wow, not an expert. I'm no, not, I know, but I'm saying, but this is what you're learning, though, as I'm you're I'm learning, going. I'm learning. And so for me, my style was to avoid. So if there is conflict or if there is something that was, you know, Mm-hmm. In a relationship, I would be have a tendency to run. Ooh, I think you're speaking a little bit of my language because <laughs> I mean, and, and it's interesting because I mean, very open and transparent. But you know, there has been you know thoughts when I was in counseling mm-hmm. about even children who are adopted, which I am, mm-hmm. and and what that sort of like the, the transaction and 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 relationship and what all that is. And I remember having to go into counseling to kind of process that Mm -hmm. you know as much as my life has been amazing and it's such a a gift from God to be adopted Mm -hmm. by a Canadian family I had to actually process through about what that was as far as being given up for adoption what that looked like as far as my parents taking me as as a young child Mm -hmm. and what that looked like and I never, I mean, I'm shocked. I mean, not shocked, but it's good to hear this because when I was learning that, that was big for me. I didn't know that there was an impact as a young woman um, on my behavior that, that was from the origin. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty profound. Now, and so why was, why did that impact you? That you were, is it is it because you're born out of wedlock? Is that because you didn't have close connection as a young child with your mom and dad? What are you meaning by that, saying that that impacted you later on in life? Mm-hmm. One of the ways it impacted me was that my parents sort of didn't share the timeline details with me when I was young. I think they did that to protect me. But I did find out when I was a young girl, and for some reason, the idea of me not being planned and just the idea that my parents wouldn't have, my parents wouldn't have gotten married if it wasn't for me. So I carried that weight. Oh, that's heavy. And so I carried that weight and just the shame and the guilt, it just attached itself to me. Mm. And then just growing up in my home, the home environment that I grew up in found that I became People-pleasing was really my tendency from a very young age and really the glue that kept my family together sort of thing. That was kind of the role that I took in my family. Um, Firstborn. (laughs) Yes. so that was that was the role that I took. Yeah. Okay. So you you took this role, firstborn. You're a people pleaser. You you have all this hurt. You took the weight of your parents only getting married because they got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Taking that you weren't planned, maybe not even wanted. So you have this. Yes. And you're carrying this through. And obviously, you're saying this is impacting your relationships. Mm-hmm. And then you get married. You have your your second child. Mm-hmm. And you're like. So talk to me about that, because that could be a, a typical story, possibly, of many people where mm-hmm. we didn't realize we're taking all these things on, you know, performance-based, all these things. Where does it change for you, Kim, when you're like, okay, 
I am kind of exhausted. There seems to be cycles. Mm. It's coming to the surface that my past is impacting my present and potentially my future. Mm -hmm. Where did you kind of make the change to say, okay, I got to change this. I know. I can't, I can't keep in this cycle of hurt. This is yes. exhausting and, and potentially harmful for my, my present family mm -hmm. and my kids. Mm -hmm. What, what was sort of like the, the change for you, for you to say, okay, enough is enough. I got to, I got to face this head on and make some change in mm -hmm. my life. Well, it was at this, yeah. this workshop. It was a one hour workshop and it impacted me so much and changed the direction of my life. So the woman who's sharing, the psychologist, she said that if you don't learn to have healthy relationships, if you don't learn to deal with the past hurts and the wounds and learn how to, to, to move forward in a healthy and positive way, then what can happen is that your kids can carry your pain. So you wow. can pass this pain and this hurt onto your children. And that just wrecked me. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And so it wrecked you in the way of saying, I don't want my kids. I don't want my kids. I don't want to pass this. That on. Because it was so painful. Yeah. So I don't want to pass this on to them. So what did you do? Talk to us. Help us understand that when you realize that, oh, my goodness, I don't want to pass the cycle of hurt and all the junk I have carried on in my life to my yeah. kids, what do you have to do as a, as a human being, as a person, to kind of stop that cycle mm -hmm. so that it doesn't, it doesn't go from generation to generation? Mm -hmm. So this is when I ask that question. Can one person yeah. change if everything and everyone around you stays the same? I read a book that uh, was, was on the recommended list. I went home after this workshop. And uh, I did ask the psychologist the question, and she said, explain my story. And she said, absolutely, yes, there's hope and there's healing available. And this was all just an awareness for me, once, you know, learning about all of this, right? And then I read this book that she'd recommended, and I learned about awareness of, of behavioral styles and just things that we can, you know, things that may have happened in your life that can impact you and all those types of things. And then the second part was about hope and healing. And so I literally, as soon as I closed the book, I picked up the phone and called a counseling center and made an appointment. And so that was the decision that I made to break the cycle of hurt. We don't have a lot of time mm -hmm. left, and I want to get onto some great mm -hmm. things you're doing. But talking about this, you know, people are saying, well, do I just call a counselor? Like, what do you mean by break the cycle of hurt? Like, what, what does that take mm -hmm. for us as adults to finally choose to break that? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was counseling okay, that so counseling. I benefited from. Uh, being connected in community was really yeah. important. I like to journal, and that really, my journaling started around that time, and I still do that. So I found journaling was really helpful for me in, in processing all of, you know, all of these emotions that were coming up mm -hmm. and sort of giving them to God and just saying, this is how I'm feeling, just like I did, I cried out in the night sky, just saying, this is how I'm feeling, you know, can you speak to me through this mm -hmm. so that, you know, speak encouragement over me and that type of thing. Really, people that God was bringing into my life to just speak truth and uh, encouragement into my life. But we also have to, have to choose that. Like, we can't, mm -hmm. people can do that. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, too, though, Kim, we have to be like, okay, I've got to choose not to react this way mm -hmm. or to not be such a people pleaser that I'm this way, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's got to be some behavioral changes that we have to make to kind of stop that mm -hmm. cycle, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think all of these things help us. And then at the end of the day, though, we've got to be like, okay, God, yes. help me not react this way. 
not run away this way, not escape this way, not go to this sort of addictive behavior this way, not respond to my kids this way, right? Because I think that we, even as a woman, you know, as I look into, you know, going into being a part of a family, Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of my own behavior and how I act. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I don't want to bring all that junk in. I want to stop that Mm -hmm. and form healthy relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, it is it, sorry. It it really is about taking ownership yeah. of your story, yes. and it's about and, accountability yeah. and responsibility, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's a daily decision. It's not like one time decision. You're right. You've got to wake up in the morning and say, "I'm going to choose this," and you're not always going. I'm not always going to get it right. Yeah. And what's great is, Kim, you've written a book. It's called Freedom Fighters and Truth Tellers. Mm -hmm. And you actually talk and share about your story, Mm -hmm. about the cycle of hurt, and about breaking free from the hurts inside so Mm -hmm. you can change the world around you. Amazing. It's it's Mm -hmm. pretty. What I love about your story is that you could have continued down this path of hurt, Mm -hmm. and yet you're like, okay, I got to stop recognize the cycle and then what I love is that then you wrote a book about it mm-hmm. <laughs> right you were mm-hmm. like okay I'm gonna write a book now mm-hmm. and inside it it's great is that it gives people places to write and think through and thoughtfully respond to some of the things that you say mm-hmm. it's it's phenomenal I love mm-hmm. that you've now taken this and made it a book to help other people mm-hmm. to get out of the cycle of hurt one of the things too that you're involved in is really a, what I love is like a sisterhood a network of women and you're involved in She Speaks which I think is tremendous talk to me a little bit about that for a few minutes and I'm so excited because you've got conferences on the website shespeaks.ca there's stories about women and and I love that because I'm a storyteller Um, and I also spoke at She Speaks which was a phenomenal (laughs) experience just talk to me a little bit about that and why you're involved in it okay well, I think that really it's about the power of story. And uh, at, at She Speaks, we say every woman has a story that every another woman needs to hear. And so really the idea that our stories matter, your story matters, mm-hmm. and encouraging women to, to, to share. And when women share their stories, then it encourages and helps other women. Absolutely. They find, them, they find themselves yeah. in your story, right? Inviting women to speak on stage and share their story. And it's not just about, it's also encouraging women to meet women for coffee, have a coffee with someone, share their story, share your story with someone at work. So it's mm-hmm. not just about being on stage and sharing your story. What's the hope for this? Like the whole She Speaks kind of idea and movement, you know, and, I, and it's, it, when I'm online, I always see like hashtag sisterhood. Yeah. Why is that needed? Why do we need to create sort of the sisterhood? And, and what is She Speaks doing to kind of create that sort of momentum and conversation? It's building a culture of collaboration and community and celebrating women Mm -hmm. and uh, just providing women with a platform so that they can share their story. Yeah, It's encouraging to be a part of the team and to just see the passion of, of people working on it and, uh, and the excitement uh, for women who are sharing their story online, are sharing their stories. You can go read about them. So um, everything on shespeaks.ca, you can find out uh, the latest conferences that are happening, mm-hmm. which you can go to, which, again, when I spoke, it was so much fun. I saw you. Um, <laughs> 
Yes, I saw you two there too. Um, you can also read stories of women online at shespeaks.ca. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of information on mm-hmm. your site about women. And what I love is that you're a part of it. I think, Kim, for you to have the courage to share about your cycle of hurt, to share your story even with, with this great book, to be a part of a team that shares stories of sisters, phenomenal. And I mm-hmm. think that you're such an inspiration that says, you know, you could be stuck here and you could take the weight of all the shame about not being wanted and your broken relationships and you could sort of like be a victim, but you've risen up and said, no, I'm going to stop it and and change the trajectory of my life and my story with my own family. So thank you for being here, mm-hmm. Kim. Kim Gowdy, where can we get more information about you? KimGowdy.com. KimGowdy.com, G-O-W-D-Y.com. Thank you for being you with so me much, here in the Melinda. studio. Really thank appreciate you. your life and your story as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of FaithStrongToday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.